Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the faculty chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Yep. Uh, Good morning, Fred. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Um, I had a wonderful one. Well, joining us in this edition is a guest who is making a difference when it comes to ride sharing. Stephanie Lemke is the founder of Go Kid, an app that's being used by a wide range of families, schools, and groups to organize carpools. Thanks for jumping on with us, Stephanie. Hey, great to be with you. Um, happy late Thanksgiving. Yes, yeah, nice to have you, Stephanie. Well, let's start out this, Stephanie, with a description uh, for the audience here of, of what Go Kid is and how it came about. Sure. So I'm a parent of two and moved with my family from New York City to the suburbs. And suddenly I needed to drive my kids all over the place from sports events to orchestra practice to after school activities. There was a lot of driving and no one had told me that, frankly. So I was wondering why in the age of Uber and Lyft, no one had thought of parents and their constant need for for rights for their kids. And it really bugged me. So um, after a lot of thoughts, I said, someone needs to fix this. And we started out with an MVP, um, building a carpool solution for parents that is invitation-based and that helps parents to set up and manage their carpools. And three years fast forward, we have um, over half a million rides set up on the apps. We have also built a school solution that basically helps parents within a school find others who live close by and who have kids in the same grade to start that carpool process. And once you set up the carpool and invite other parents, you we basically, our technology puts together the rides. We show who's in the car, what time you need to leave the house. We send alerts um, that the driver needs to leave. And we also optimize the route. So there's no guessing of where to go and who to pick up first and last. So overall, we basically built the um, current technologies that are out there into the carpool experience. And you've got a background uh, working in, in media, Disney and Sony, and you've got a Ph.D. in law. How did all this come together and lead you to this? I know it's it's been a crazy journey, but um, finally it all comes together. So Disney was a great learning curve for launching new services, working in the um, parent and kids sector. And um, I also ran a video on demand department over at Sky where we had technology to solve. We, 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 um, we built content and we distributed it. So building a startup um, takes a lot of these skills. You have to be resourceful. You have to have content. You have to talk to your users. But mostly you need to build a technology that really works and get a lot of user feedback. And that's what we've been doing over the past um, two and a half years. We've worked with hundreds of parents and talked to them, um, learned from what they wanted to see in our solution, and we built the product according to their feedback. You know, Alan, I, I, I know you feel a kinship to starting things up like that and building a company. Uh, and in the latest newsletter, you linked to a story on apps like these designed to help parents with carpools, and you talk about the importance of it. Well, it's it's really important. I, I like to say to my class, you know, in, in the morning in Princeton, um, the uh, average vehicle occupancy in cars is less than one. Uh, why is it uh, <laughs> that so? It's because uh, there are so many parents uh, that are basically chauffeuring their kids to school and then coming back home. Uh, so basically, you're making two trips uh, for one kid. 
and uh, and no wonder it's a total mess in Princeton in the morning. And and it's not just Princeton; it's it's many communities. Uh, uh, many communities have, have school buses, but guess what? It uh, doesn't seem like many of the kids really like taking the school buses. Uh, why? Because it's just terrible service. Um, so, uh, of course, then, then parents um, go and, and, and chauffeur their kids around. And uh, it's not that uh, that isn't quality time parent to child, but uh, it isn't quality time parent to child. And so uh, having uh, the ability to basically do uh, dynamic carpooling, in other words, setting it up so that, in fact, um, uh, sure, if you can do it every day, great. Uh, but if you need to even uh, flip it around uh, and, and so on and so forth and make sure that, of course, the kid also has a ride home at night and, and so on and to take them to, um, uh, to, uh, to the library or to, uh, to, to uh, music lessons or whatever at the end of the day um, is, is certainly a, a, a great opportunity. And it's, it's nice to see some, some technology out there that, that really takes, um, makes it easy. I mean, uh, I've said often the you know the the reason why Uber and Lyft have been successful is 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 not because of the concept. It's because of 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 the app. It's it's taken the sketchiness uh, out of um, out of that um, uh, that ride hailing process. Um, you know, uh, five years ago, who would have thought that uh, people would be getting into a stranger's car and uh, having them take them to A to B? So, you know, the real important thing of the technology is to take the sketchiness out of it and have people feel comfortable. And um, and it seems like the, this is what has happened here with uh, with this application. So maybe you want to say a little bit more about how you've dealt with both the, the privacy issue and the sketchiness issue. You made a couple of great points. Um, the, the traffic and, and the mission, that's one of the core um, mission of our company. We want to be impact driven and really take away, uh, take cars off the road and, and really save on, on emissions and, and basically time for parents. So and it's, it's an often overlooked factor that, that this all of this driving contributes to our traffic on the roads. In fact, it's a third of the morning traffic, according to many studies that is contributed by parents driving. And in a lot of cities, like we're currently um, in the smart city cohort in Houston, and we estimate there's 2 million trips a day based on that driving to schools. It's it's an insane amount of um, traffic caused by, by parents. So that's that's a great point. Um, when you um, addressing privacy, is obviously, and, and data security is obviously something we thought long and hard about because we are, you know, transporting children and not just some goods. Um this is, um, first of all, the technology is invitation-based. So the parent is always controlling who he or she invites to um, be sharing the rights with. We are not matching um, the rights. The schools are not matching. So it's it's really on a one-on-one -on -one level. And there is, you know, a chat functionality. We also build in safety uh, features that the parent who's driving always has to have their own child in the car. And we are routing in a way that uh, the parent and child are being dropped 
off last. So even if it's more convenient to drop off your child first, we will be routing to the drop-offs of the other kids and then the driver, the parent and the child and at their location. Um, we obviously adhere to all data privacy standards. We don't advertise on our app. We don't sell data. We don't share data with third parties. So uh, it's, it's really built around the concept that this is a safe and secure service and it's private. No one else can see the trips you're taking. So that, that gets to the fundamental question, and I don't know if you really want to address this. How do you make this um, a sustainable effort so that, in fact, you're, you're able to make money off of this so that it, uh, it uh, continues on as opposed to uh, ending up on some uh, bookshelf at, at best? Um, uh, something <laughs> like, uh, so, yeah, sure. So... So we have we have several ways to monetize um, the technology we're building. We are basically a B two B to C um, solution. So. First of all, we have the consumer-facing apps. Um, the, the free version covers most of what you need. Um, it's really setting up the carpools, managing it, seeing all the trips. And then we build in premium features. Um, GoKit Pro, for example, lets you add all of these trips to your Google Calendar. It lets you track the history of you know, how many trips were taken. Um, we are building now and we're launching this live tracking of the vehicles. Um, so basically you can you get notified when your child has been um, dropped off or picked up and you can see the other parents live on a map. That's These are all premium features and they cost $4.99 a month or $49.99 annually. And you purchase that either through the app stores or on our website. Then we also have a, um, uh, a team and school solution. The school solution really uh, addresses the problem that half of the schools in the US no longer have buses. Uh, one, one, um, one reason is that it's very expensive to run a single bus line, and the other one is that they're often underutilized. So we are helping schools that have no transportation to, to really bring a mobility solution to their, parent, um, to their parents. And we are the pricing here depends on the size of the school. It starts at roughly four thousand for the smaller tiered schools, and that's a software as a service price. It's an annual price. Um, yeah. Go ahead, continue on. Yeah, those yeah, are yeah. All finally, very, yeah, finally. Finally, yeah. And I just want to add, they're absolutely necessary. Otherwise, this stuff just uh, whittles away and uh, disappears. Right. It, it requires effort uh, to uh, make all this happen and also continue it. And so therefore, um, uh, there has to be a, a funding mechanism. Otherwise, it, um, it shrivels up and dies. Right. Yeah, you're right. And fortunately, uh, many cities and regions and corporates are now discovering that that we are doing something to to help the environment. We're helping, um, you know, to get rid of um, traffic. And we we are working. We're starting to work with regions and cities. Uh, one example is Michigan. Um, we received a grant in Michigan from the Planet M, Michigan Economic Development Corporation, to roll out the solution to um, to ten schools to um, measure the impact and show um, what our solution can do in a region. Um, we are currently also part of the first Ion Smart City Accelerator out of Houston. I mentioned Houston before. There are two million school-aged children in um, the greater Houston area, and the mayor is supporting our efforts to roll this out into all of the schools. Um, we also are finalists in Austin. That's that's an um, initiative 
by Ford. It's called the City One Challenge. Um, we are finalists there to again roll out our solution to offer a you know m- mobility alternative to a region that that's underserved in public uh, transportation and and where there's a lack of school buses. So these are really very encouraging signs that that cities, entire regions are waking up and and are discovering that there are kind of private new solutions that they can add to the existing um, kind of mix of public transportation, private, the Ubers and the Lyfts. We're not taking away anyone's business. We're really making it work in a way. Finally, I do want to mention, um, and I do think that's that's very encouraging, even large energy firms like Exelon um, have started uh, initiatives to reduce their um, carbon footprint. So we are also finalists in a, they call it their climate change initiative, where they want to bring a solution to drastically reduce CO2 to the areas where they're serving. So that their headquarters is in Chicago and, and we are proposing to bring our a solution to Chicago to reduce traffic there. And we can measure all of that. So we can measure how many cars have been taken off the road, how much CO2 has been saved. And, and that's very attractive for a lot of corporates to offset their carbon footprint. Are you looking to go beyond schools into maybe the corporate environment? Well, we we are in a way in in that these corporates want to find solutions that help their employees spend less time, you know, driving and um and and really it's it's a win-win. Um so we are talking to corporates right now. It's still a family couple solution at this point. We do get a lot of requests to make it a a commuter-based carpool solution, but since we're early on in the game, we 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 feel it's really important to stay focused. But there's there's obviously a lot in our technology that that would make this this possible. And and thinking ahead to autonomous vehicles services, what role do, would might you hope to play? Yeah, it's actually uh, quite interesting. I mean, we're in the early stages of autonomous, and when it gets to children transportation, I think there will be a lot of scrutiny before you will see the first kind of mini shuttles taking kids um, on the ride. But our technology is actually really designed to be used in autonomous vehicles because these vehicles need to know where to go, which kids to pick up, where their exact stop is, and and when to when and where to drop them off. So they, we could basically integrate our solution into autonomous um, vehicles for these future shuttles. And I would say it's probably mini shuttles and they will probably still have a person in them because what if a, what if a child trips on the way into the bus? So there, you know, there, there's a lot to think about when, um, when it comes to autonomous. But, but really at the core, what we've built is, is a solution that can work in autonomous vehicles. And we're quite excited that, that we already have the first requests from, from companies that want to explore how we can integrate with their solutions that they're building. Uh, yes, I, I, I agree with most of that. Um, could I ask maybe another little question about how do you deal with insurance and all of this? Uh, and how have you approached the, the whole insurance quagmire um right yes sure so currently because it's an invitation an invitation-based technology one parent it's peer-to-peer one parent inviting another parent these parties have to make sure they have the proper insurance so typically when you take other kids in your um in your vehicle and you have insurance these kids are insured so we are not getting in the way there it's it's really a peer-to-peer experience we are we are thinking ahead of how we can kind of create an umbrella insurance. So wherever 
you know, whenever your child is in a carpool, your your insurance would cover that. Um, so kind of an, an umbrella insurance. Th- these are early um, kind of explorations of how this could work. And we are talking to insurance companies. But but current the, the state currently is really um, the parents need to be comfortable, you know, having their kids right with each other and ma- need to make sure, you know, the vehicles uh, are insured. So it's similar, again, to Airbnb, you know, when you're staying in someone's home, you have to make sure, you know, everything looks good and, and you know, you're comfortable with the host. And the similar experience is with carpooling. You feel you have a pretty good jump on on some of the other companies that are trying to get into this carpool space as well? Well, we started um, three years ago. Um, We built the technology according to a lot of feedback from from parents. And I think what what distinguishes us from other uh, companies in the space that we've started integrating with other technologies early on. For example, and that's an area we haven't talked about, uh, we also thought besides schools, what are parents doing? They obviously need to drive to sports events. And there are 33 million um, students in organized sports in the U.S. alone. So we looked at what technologies are out there helping parents to know which teams are there on and where to go. And there's TeamSnap and Sports Engine. And we've integrated with both technologies. So what that means, if um, you're searching for a carpool for your um, child that's maybe in a soccer carpool, uh, in a soccer team, you can search up and you're using TeamSnap for that. You can search up this team and um, the specific time and it gets everything gets integrated into GoKid. So you only need to ch- uh, choose a parent that's on the team. And we also get the data from TeamSnap. So that makes it really easy. No other technology has done that. So we feel we have a pretty good kind of, you know, 360 solution, whether you're going to schools, whether you go to sports teams and, um, you know, in a regional effort. So that, that really gives us a, a leg up in the space but competition is good it shows us that we're solving a good you know we're solving real problems and and there will be someone who's solving all of this so another sort of little tough question is is how have you dealt with the vetting of the of the parents or or how have you how have you approached that so far well, it's, it's the same answer as the insurance answer. So you are, it's a peer-to-peer solution. So you need to be comfortable having the other parent drive your child. And we call it driving, you know, sharing the rights with trusted networks. You either establish this trust because it's so, a neighbor. So how, how, how have you worked to, to establish that trust? Or, or what, have, what have you done to specifically uh, um, separate yourself from everybody else in this trust business? Well, um, I, I think the, the biggest distinguishing factor is the invitation-based factor. You know, you have other technologies that lets you put out rights and anyone can take up a right request. And those are often people you don't know and haven't met. But because you need to invite the other parents, it does, um, you know, you need to have the email or phone number. So that's that's a trust factor. Someone needs to share that with you. So this is how we're making sure the the parents know each other and this is these these uh, these networks are being created through the schools or the, through the sports teams at the end of the day carpool coupling has been done for many many years we are not the ones that invented carpooling we are putting a technology layer you know over the the entire experience to make it safer more convenient and really functioning do you have any thoughts though on on how more people eventually can 
can become comfortable with with the idea of ride sharing because that's that's an obstacle that Alan and I have talked about from from time to time here because without ride sharing this whole autonomous vehicle stuff kind of goes out the window the, the benefits of it Right. I mean, we are thinking a lot about how we can create um, natural like infliction points and again, integrations within the natural social networks um, families are in. So if you're connected already on Facebook or on WhatsApp, how can we integrate our solutions so you're really comfortable, you know, just promoting ride sharing? And I think it gets to it's it's a really good point um, beyond um you know, those parents who already couple, we want to get to a broader adoption. And that's that's really only possible if if a region is interested, if there's a larger goal at stake. And when we look at the climate climate change discussion, I think we have a solution in place that, that will really address a lot of the underlying issues of, of personal vehicles and traffic and um, and the fact that there's so many single occupied vehicles, even if there's only you know one child in the in the car with the parent, so um, it's it's basically a couple of things come into that. Um, we need some policies to address that. We need regions and cities to acknowledge that that sharing is necessary to do something about emissions and and traffic. And then we need to have the technology solutions in place that can measure all of the effects and share the data. So what we are doing in these uh, regional and city pilots is we share the anonymous data of how many trips have been created, how many miles have been saved, how much CO2 have been saved. And then we want to add an incentive program to that. That's that's really what lies ahead of us. We need to incentivize those people who want to save and, and do, um, you know, do good for the environment. And, and that's that's the next step in, in carpooling and ride sharing. Interesting. Well, I, I think it goes it goes beyond ride sharing. I mean, this is this is uh, this is ride chauffeuring that you're eliminating, and uh, and the chauffeuring of, of children to, to school or, or to uh, or to athletic events or to or to to uh, uh, music lessons is that uh, it takes two trips of to get one kid uh, to one to one lesson, and exactly. then takes trips to take them back from one lesson. So in fact, uh, you know, each trip has a half a person in it, uh, not a whole person. So it's it's even worse <laughs> in those situations. You're right, and, it, it, and it's it, you know it, it's that's that's what creates the mess out there it's the it's the vehicle miles not the person miles and and unfortunately the 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 person miles with respect to this chauffeuring is is uh, is the is the worst offender um it's it, you, might, you might be commuting to work in your own car and commuting home in your own car at least you have one person in the car uh if uh, if a kid's being chauffeured to, to school or to a music lesson and you come back home um, um <laughs> there's there's nobody in the car coming back home uh, you know you're you're nothing but a computer um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so, um, um and that serves no useful purpose um so that's where that's where the benefit of of, of what you're bringing forth to the to the market marketplace right. uh, is really uh, is really uh, uh, super. 
Yeah, we are eliminating on average two cars, like because the the, the average couple has has about three families, so it's it's really um, eliminating two cars, two vehicles, but on two trips. So it's it's really four <laughs> four trips because it's going to school, coming back empty, as you described, and then if we you know we take off these additional two cars, it's it's really a lot of a lot of miles saved and a lot of emissions saved. Yeah, it's 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 two trips versus six. So exactly. you're taking off four. Yeah. Let, right. let, let's talk about a little bit of progress. In Chandler, Arizona, the city, in partnership with Waymo, has unveiled the first sign designating a drop-off and pickup zone for autonomous ride sharing. Alan, you, you're calling that a, a major first. Well, I, I call it a major first simply because of, of the image that it presents. It finally... Uh, puts into uh, into I guess uh, everybody's brain when you see the sign saying oh my goodness uh, these systems uh, the way we're going to use them we're going to use them just like we use transit except uh, when we go to the transit stop uh, we'll be able to go anywhere as opposed to oh where's that bus going and so that is just I, I think just enormous and as I sort of um, explained in the newsletter, I said, well, you know, if we take this one and we then uh, scale it by uh, about um, uh, 500,000 or <laughs> maybe a million, so we create uh, half a million or, or, or so of these around the country strategically located, we can now have these things within a five-minute walk of essentially um, every trip origination or termination in the country, maybe not every, but let's call it 95%. Uh, so basically, uh, there are a billion daily trips typically made in the U.S. would be within a five-minute walk. And then with uh, something like 20 million vehicle, we could move everybody and move everybody um, at the at essentially the the same level of service they currently have now actually better because uh you would be uh basically eliminating congestion and you do it with um, less than half of the vehicle miles which means less than half of the energy less than half the pollution blah 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 and so it really is monumental and uh, hopefully uh, because of this image of this sign uh, people will now relate uh, to this uh, these autonomous vehicles that being really uh, mobility for all, uh, easily available 24/7 on demand and all the other things, and um, and really get people's brains focused sort of in the right direction of this technology. So um, yeah, I, I I I think it's wonderful. And also on the Waymo front, they've published a video a guide for first responders on how they should interact with autonomous vehicles in the event of roadside emergencies. Yeah, and it, it just goes to show how uh, really uh, Waymo is, is in some sense uh, maturing um, in this uh, uh, initial phase uh, to uh, be able to actually uh, go and, and make a going concern business out of this uh, that uh, basically has... Uh, many of the I's dotted and the T's crossed, uh, and and uh, make it into um, uh, into a practical reality. To make this into a practical reality, one has to be able to deal with emergency situations because they're going to occur. 
Um, nothing in this world is perfect, um, except for you, Fred, of course. Uh, <laughs> but, um, uh, but uh, you know, and so one will have to deal with these things. And so um, uh, police and emergency and first responders will have to know what to, uh, how to deal with this. And, and I think it's sort of interesting, you know, one of the very important things is uh, when you approach a vehicle, make sure that, that a door is open because at least the, if a door is open, the vehicle won't move. At least that's part of what's in, in the software. So um, um, those kinds of things that, that just to prepare them. And I think it's, again, uh, showing um, the, the, the maturity. It is much more than writing the deep learning neural network, uh, uh, artificial intelligence code, uh, that does the steering and braking and throttling and, and so on. It, it, it has everything to do with running these things as a going concern. If we have any thought that we'll move any, uh, even a small percentage of the billion trips that take place on a typical day in the United States, uh, one has to do this. In Michigan, uh, the governor has announced a partnership with Mobileye, uh, owned by Intel, folks we've spoken to, uh, for testing self-driving technology on the ice and snow in Michigan. And and Alan, I think you want to say, come on, come to New Jersey. <laughs> come to New Jersey. I mean, I'm I can't wait until we announce something in New Jersey. I mean, when are we going to announce that we're doing something? Oh yes, okay, we're we are studying uh, putting. Uh, uh, buses on the uh, uh, exclusive bus lane uh, that have intelligent cruise control. But, uh, you know, beyond that, um, yeah, I, I come to New Jersey. We need to do things in New Jersey. Even though they do have more ice and snow, I, I think, in Michigan. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you don't want more necessarily. Maybe you want to start with just a little. <laughs> uh, um, and there's more traffic in New Jersey, that's for sure. There's more travel, and there are people there. I mean, there's a real business in New Jersey, you know, and and in the Northeast. I mean, come on, you know, there are 40 million people that live within a hundred mile radius of of New York City. Come on, we need some help here. Our good friend Michael Senna is out with another great edition of the Dispatcher newsletter. Uh, among the stories he talks about is the potential impact of the presidential election on the many car makers who are using big tech companies like Google for infotainment systems, uh, not to mention Waymo there. Uh, his point is that uh, Elizabeth Warren has proposed a breakup of, of Google and others. Uh, yes, and and uh, I don't want to. <laughs> we don't want to get political here. <laughs> we would. We'd never get off the air. So I. We're I just going to tell people to read Michael's newsletter. Read Michael's. Read Michael's, and you'll enjoy. He, he writes so well. You'll you'll enjoy it uh, tremendously. So uh, read Michael. And again, it's called. And, and and now, but but this is foreign influence because we should point out that Michael Michael, uh, while born raised in Scranton, Pennsylvania, Princeton class <laughs> in 1969, uh, on the football team and all that stuff, lives in Sweden. So um, he is uh, influencing <laughs> us uh, somewhat uh, from afar. Excellent. Automotive <laughs> News has a report with the headline: Autonomous vehicle industry needs. Teleoperation laws. What's that all about, Alan? 
Well, you know, I guess people are getting tired that that I never seem to like any names. That's why it came up with <laughs> with smart driving cars, teleoperation. Uh, it's just such a bad name for it because it, to me it implies that in fact some of these vehicles would be operated uh, out of some hollowed out mountain in Colorado or something like that with people using joysticks. You know, what they're talking about is, are essentially remote safety drivers, kind that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, this is it's not even a remote safety driver. I don't think you can even handle the remote safety aspect of it. There, there, it's a remote operation in extremely rare cases when you when you uh, when there's been a, a crash or where there's been a breakdown or where or where you are stuck. Uh, to get unstuck, and it's got to be extremely rare uh, for it to, to to not completely bog down. And as the article suggests, uh, you know, this is this is some way to to basically uh, uh, deploy uh, fully uh, a full autonomy before it's ready. No, it's not. It's it's just to take care of the very rare bad events that that might happen, and to be able to pull a vehicle off off the uh, to the side of the road, or maybe get it around uh, some obstruction that uh, some boulder that just rolled off, rolled from a mountaintop and uh, and and uh, is stuck in the middle of the road or something like that. Uh, it's it it's not you know. <laughs> These systems, where they're going to be actually operated, will be places that have been extremely well vetted, extremely well uh, uh, understood, and uh, and it's only the very rare event that might uh, that might break it down and 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 cause it to to need a, a remote. Uh, uh, operation, uh, and so if if th- this is a remote uh, emergency uh, uh, operation with the word emergency in it, that's fine. Uh, but to think that uh, that uh, we're going to have these vehicles out there being run um, uh, by with some some uh, gamer on a joystick uh, who's in some place uh, running these things it's it's the, it's, the, it's the wrong image to put in a person's mind but as, as you mentioned before you know, when we talked about the Waymo with its video for first responders you said they they shouldn't be approaching unless the door is open somebody remotely perhaps or maybe the vehicle itself so that door's got to be open somehow yeah, it could be it could be opened or how it's opened or you know to make sure that that when you get there you open the door or something like that that you know to be able to deal with it. So, um, uh, and and other aspects of it in, in terms of the operation and certainly uh, each of these vehicles is going to have a big uh, communications pipe in and out of it. Uh, not only uh, because uh, my goodness, if this is run by Waymo, you can imagine all the Google ads you're going to get as you're riding <laughs> down there, I would imagine they're going to, and we're, and we're going to love it all. I mean, they're going to make us uh, so comfortable. We're just going to want to buy stuff as we're riding. Of course, that, that's all going to be great. Uh, but also just to make sure that, uh, of course, uh, people behave. I mean, I, I, essentially every elevator you ride in today, there's, they have cameras in there watching you. That's why I always like to give my wife a big kiss in an elevator to make, make the, the 
person down there who's watching it jealous or something. I don't know. I, should, I guess I shouldn't say that, but whatever. We 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 kid around at times, uh, Fred. But uh, but uh, absolutely, there there's a communications pipe in there, and that's part of what um, uh, Michael Senna was talking about with respect to the. Uh, infotainment uh, that that is uh, um, that is in 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 going to be in these vehicles. Uh, there's there's uh, all this uh, now. If you don't have to worry about driving the car, what else are you going to do while you're riding? Well, I guess you're going to buy stuff, um, and uh, and so of course there's going to be a pipe in there, and that that pipe is is also going to give you capabilities to be able to. Um, uh, operate the vehicle remotely, sure, uh, of course, uh, but um, uh, that's only, uh, you only want to do that in very rare instances, um, because, uh, because otherwise, um, uh, the, the bandwidth requirements to actually do it continuously just doesn't exist today. The latency doesn't exist even with, with, uh, with, um, uh, fifth generation wireless. I, I think we probably need ninth generation wireless <laughs> to, to be able to have it fast enough. So it's, it's not even conceivable at this, at this point in time. Uh, do we need legislation to make sure that you can do teleoperation in an emergency situation? Well, if we do, then let's do it. I mean, of course. I mean, who, who would be against that? Um, uh, it seems a trivial thing. So anyway, that's why I sort of put that in. Um, I don't know. I guess I put that in half-baked section, or at least I was thinking about putting it in the half-baked section. Maybe I didn't. Well, what is in the half-baked section, Alan, is a New York Times Magazine uh, report, a story about the, the videos of people falling asleep in Teslas. Here we go again. Here we go again. I mean, to me, uh, I consider every one of those things to be fake news. I mean, um, on, because because none of the people who have taken those those uh, uh, videos have then gone next to the car honking the horn trying to wake the person up. I mean, what kind of human being would see someone asleep inside a car and just say, hey, continue to sleep? I mean, really, I mean, they they are so um, uh, so antisocial or something like that, that that they they wouldn't want to reach out and try to help some. My goodness, somebody's falling asleep in a car. What if it doesn't have Tesla's autopilot? Not only is that person going to kill themselves, they're probably going to kill somebody else. And so, of course, you'd be honking the horn, trying to wake them up to to do something. I, I I can't imagine any human being not doing that. Uh, and since none of these people have, who have filmed these things have done that, I'm, I'm, I take it as that they staged it, uh, you know, so that they can get their 15 seconds of fame or something like that on the inner, inner tubes and, you know, get. I, th 20, I think it's YouTube. <laughs> whatever. I don't know. I mean, it, 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 I just, it's just, it's just stupid. And, and there are a lot of, you know, part of the problem with all these things, you know, there there's always it seems to be a few people who who want to misbehave and misuse almost any any uh, uh, object. You know, uh, I mean, I think you know, plastic bags. You have to have a sign on them or something that says "Don't put it over your head." Uh, I mean, come on, okay. Um, um, 
so that's really the di the difficulty here is uh yes this is this is good for 99.99 percent of the folks but the 0.001 percent that go out there and basically make it extremely difficult um then um then um, it makes the problem tough and I guess that's the problem with dealing with with human beings. You know, at times, um, you know, we we're all very nice, and at times, well, we just misbehave. And as I guess written a couple of times in the newsletter, we all we all talk about uh, ninety four percent or whatever uh, of the um, of the car crashes or the deaths um, on the highways has uh, as an influencing element um, uh, uh, human error is the way it's quoted it's not human error it's 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 human uh, uh, misbehavior uh, that, that is involved you know it, it's not human error if you if you have have too much to drink and go out and drive that's human misbehavior uh, it's not human error if you if you speed uh, that that's human misbehavior it's not human error if you tailgate it's human misbehavior it's not human error if you run a red light it's human misbehavior and it should be called that as human misbehavior and darn it we have to stop misbehaving and i guess it's misbehavior if people see a potential emergency situation. Maybe that person's not asleep behind the wheel. Maybe it's something worse. Maybe they're ill. And your first instinct is to take out your phone and take video of it, no matter what the emergency situation is. That's misbehavior. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it, I don't know. It's, it's inhuman. I, I, I don't know what to call it. It's, it's, it is just, it is, it's just, it is misbehavior. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You wouldn't start to warn everybody else around it and clear the traffic around it and so on and so forth and, and, and help out. I mean, it's, so that's why it, it, I think it's fake and, um, and okay. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'll put it out there. I think it's fake. <laughs> and on that note, that is going to wrap up this edition. Uh, we really want to thank you, Stephanie, for, for joining us. And congratulations on what you're doing there. Where's the best place for people to go to get more info about what you're doing and, and the app? Right. Our website is www.gokid.mobi. That's gokid.mobi. And um, you can download us from the App Store. That's GoKid uh, Kabul, if you search for it, or the um, Google Play Store. And thanks so much for having me. Um, it's been exciting listening to all the advantages and advancements in, in technology. And, and I agree. I mean, we need to look forward and, and see what problems we can solve with uh, technologies and not just focus on the human errors that, that are happening um, with or without the technologies. Yes, and it's been a pleasure having you. And thank you for being so forthright with us in terms of uh, uh, addressing not only the simple issues but the but the complex issues associated with this, and as I mentioned, you know this is this is a, a very very good um, uh, app and a very good um, area to to uh, provide some some uh, advancements in. Uh, it is it is uh, an area in which there is a, a, a severe amount of 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 uh, misuse of vehicles in that in that uh, they're just not used uh, efficiently 
um, uh, the fact that um, if we if we chauffeur a kid uh, to school and then come back home, or if we chauffeur a kid to uh, baseball practice and come back home, the average vehicle occupancy is 0.5. It's half. And, and anything we can do to basically um, uh, make it much more efficient to address person trips and and person trips for for young people are just as important as person trips for old people and to do that efficiently and environmentally uh, uh, responsibly is extremely important and the way that we can do this is just by ride sharing and uh, and finding mechanisms that that uh, that uh, that allow people who basically are coming from about the same point to going to about the same point at about the same time to share a vehicle. And that's really what you're doing. And uh, I applaud you for doing it. And it looks like you're making some nice progress in making it happen. Yeah. And, and the great news again is millennials are expecting these kind of services. You know, we have a new generation of parents um, coming in into the into the playing field and they they do. They're conscious about that. And, and that that makes us really happy. We've grown to 40,000 monthly trips and it's just the beginning. But uh, we see that with the regional efforts, we can we can grow way beyond this. Absolutely. And um um, being a before boomer, uh, uh, you know, even before boomers like, might like this too. So whatever. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very nice having you uh, with us today and, um, and uh, appreciate and we'll hear more from you in the future. Thanks so much for having me. And the website again is gokid.mobi. You can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, also on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts, and you can ask your smart speaker to play us too. You can find my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, everybody, and have a great weekend.